You are listening to Get Real Podcast. past couple months we've been interviewing a lot of different artists and one of the things that we started to realize is that some of them are all from the same record label yes and after we got done with a podcast just a few weeks ago you were like hey why don't we contact raven faith records yeah so I, in your words something's going on over there <laughs> exactly <laughs> something good something good so today that's exactly what we're going to do is we are interviewing kelly turney from raven faith records kelly welcome to the get real podcast yes, welcome hey i appreciate being here guys real pleasure to have you on so some of the artists that we've interviewed aaron von graham yes and sure. peter 118 both solid, not only solid musicians, but what a testimony yeah. with the Lord sweet that they people. have. Wow. Really sweet people. And I've even gone in and listened to some of the other artists on the Raven Faith label. And we're eventually going to be reaching out to them as well, because not only are they good musicians, it's solid word that's coming through. And the yeah. heart, is it just bleeds through. Kelly, what was it that inspired you to start Raven Faith Records? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I kind of inherited the label. My, my band got signed to it back in 2014, and at the point, the label was run by a guy out of Oklahoma. His name was Jake Schaefer. He kind of had a vision to kind of start a label in the Midwest, kind of like doing what Bumper Punk Records was doing out uh, west, California. So it kind of mimicked that label a little bit, and they kind of did some work together. My band got signed to it. A few years later, I was asked if I wanted to take it over, and so I said, sure. <laughs> that must have been a big step of faith for you to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, spent a lot of time in prayer on that one, but I mean, the fact of the matter was I, I was in full-time ministry pretty much at the time, also playing in a band, also having a family. There's just a lot of stuff going on, and it's just one of those things that's something that I should I do. And at that, at that point, it was just a pretty much a DIY, like I said, punk rock label. And pretty much the whole business model was, we'll invest in bands and try to make our money back. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Try to make our money back. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a bad business model. Actually, so. <laughs> but, but it appears that the Lord's blessing because lives are being touched through it. Yes. Uh, there are artists that you have featured that, probably wouldn't have had a forum or a way to get out there if it weren't for what you were doing. When you took over Raven Faith, I'm sure that there were trials, tribulations, and everything like that that goes on with doing a work for the Lord that's genuine. What were some of the confirmations that you had during you, when you started this, getting into it, that this is what you were called to do? Okay, well, after I took it over, like I said, I was just running it like a DIY style thing, and uh, one of the First things I did was was to start like a support group on Facebook. I just had a private group. I invited some people that I knew that through my ministry and through other ministries that music was a part of their salvation story. And I just said, hey, guys, just pray for me. And I'm kind of a, a pretty bold guy. I just said, pray for me, not, not to screw this up. 
can to help these bands do what they're going to do. And for pretty much a year, I had people praying for me. And as they began to hear the testimonies of what was going on, they began to also invest money into it. So not only were they praying, but they started putting their treasure into the into thing too. So I just began to reinvest back in those bands as much as I could. And it was, I mean, it was, it was just a blessing. And through that, uh, a guy I went to Bible camp with in high school, I'm 44. So back in the day, we went to the same Bible camp and God's blessed this gentleman with, uh, his name's Brad. He's the other part of Raven Faith Records right now. Blessed him with a business mind and just a big heart and maybe some craziness in there too. But he, <laughs> he took me out to lunch and he asked me about Raven Faith Records and he asked me the question, could a guy make a living doing this? And I pretty much just said to him, not not the way that I'm doing it, you know. And yeah. We, we, kind, we kind of laughed about it and kind of went our separate ways and called me up a month later and he pretty much hands me a business plan. And he says, if you, if you do this, in two years, you'll be full-time doing it. But he goes, if you want to do it now, and we have an opportunity now to do it, uh, let's jump in together and be partners. So he brought his business mind. I brought my music I, I my music and my, my ministry side in. And we just kind of jumped in and started looking for bands and kind of went legit. I mean, we're a, we're a corporation now, and so we, so we pay taxes and we're a business, and this is pretty much what I do, do full-time. What so, a testimony. What a testimony of how you took a step of faith in what you were passionate about, and God provided for you the individual and the wisdom through another individual how to make this a business and how to take your passion and make it something that you can feed your family with. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's crazy because you just never think like anything like that would happen, you know? And, at, at that point, I was working for a parachurch organization. I was working with at-risk kids in the Omaha, Nebraska area. And just working, actually, I call it the Jesus model. We were using that uh, in the actual secular uh, setting. And we were having great success. And I went to my supervisor, and I just said, hey, uh, I got this opportunity. What do you think? And he goes, Right now, he goes, I think it's awesome, but right now, I also hate you a little bit. So, it was pretty funny, because I was really good at that, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> but but now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to, I feel like I'm sending out missionaries. Mm. You know, we, mm. we have roughly 15, 16 bands, and they're spread out all over the place. Yeah, they're doing great things. I mean, just look at Aaron and, and Peter, and, and just, they're, they're killing it over there in the U.K., worship and punk rock and well, that ministry heart really comes through because a lot of people they focus just on maybe the end product of what a record company's putting out and be like and there's from what aaron was telling us there's a lot of secular companies that are putting out like praise music and, and yeah. gospel music which is very interesting to me but what i love is every single one of these people like glenn said that that we met that go through your label they have a ministry heart. It yes. is like sending out missionaries. So we've been touched by yeah. that. It's, it's we have amazing. Been. Yeah, Peter has ministered to us in a huge way. And it was interesting how we met Peter. Peter actually reached out to me to be on our podcast. And I, that was the first time that had ever happened. 
And when we started to talk to him and really get to know him, it's like, wow, what a heart for the Lord. And the times that we've had him on the podcast and Aaron, wow. Yeah. What ministry yeah, that, that was. was. A, that was a good program. That was. That was really, really ministered to us. So, Kelly, what would you say is you, the vision that God's given you? You've mentioned sending missionaries out. Can you summarize the vision that God's given you for Raven Faith Records? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can summarize it, but I can, I can give it to you in a few words here. Uh, it's, it's about worldview. I think that we have the best worldview as Christians. I think we have a creator God, and he's put in our hearts uh, the same vision to be creators. And in this, in this instance, it happens to be music and, and whatever genre that really is. It's the whole Renaissance mindset where we have the best worldview, so we should be writing about relationships, and we should be writing about the world, and we should be writing about our jobs from a Christian point of view. And if we can do that, we're gonna, and we do it well. Uh, we're gonna set the standard for the world instead of trying to copy the world. I mean, for a long time, Christian music's been kind of a joke. You know, it's just kind of been the butt of the joke, actually. And, yeah. And uh, I'm tired of that. And, I, and I, I know a lot of good bands that are in different subcultures that are that are doing their thing every day. They're in clubs and they're praying with people and they're talking to people, but really. At the end of the day, nobody knows that because that's not where the church is. You know, the, the church is setting up tents and in their parking lots and inviting the world in, and the world doesn't want to go in, you know. Kind of got to follow and do what Jesus does. And or what he did was go out into the world, and that's what the Great Commission says is to, to go out into the world and preach the gospel, you know, baptize and pray and uh, that's kind of what the whole mindset, my mindset about my life, and about my ministry when I was in full-time uh, vocational ministry and with the record label. You know, we we go into the world, and but we're going to bring Jesus with us, and music is just our tool to preach the word. So I always say we're changing the world one subculture at a time. I mean, that's that's kind of Raven Faith Records in a nutshell. Just like the Apostle Paul said, to be all things to all men. And that's what I yeah. really see you guys doing. You brought up a very salient, oh, I'm using big words today, salient, well, well. Sal salient point <laughs> about the Renaissance, because a lot of people don't realize this. If you go back and you study church history and you study the history of, of Western civilization, during the Renaissance and that period, the church was the epicenter of the arts. That was where everything was coming that was the gold standard for the arts was what was coming out of the church and right now it, you you said it and you said it correctly a lot of times and up until recently i would say a lot of christian music that's out there on the market has been a joke when i was first saved i remember going to the family bookstore buying some christian yeah. tapes and i was all excited I was like this is going to be awesome and I put them in. I'm like, I don't like this. This does, and I just kind of settled with it because I was like, well, I guess this is what I'm supposed to. It was to hard to, to find the good stuff. It was but. really, yeah. And there was good stuff out there that it was obscure. And that's what I like about your record label is it's making that which would be normally obscure. It's bringing it really to the forefront. I I grew up in like small town Nebraska, and we had to go like 30, 40 minutes away to even find a mall that had a Christian bookstore in it. And I got to the point where. At the time, uh, Vengeance Rising album came out, and they got censored, and they had to put the sticker over the over the skeleton or whatever. And I thought, you know what? 
I think I'm going to like that album a lot because I think it's going to be real. You know, God's given given these guys a vision, and 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 put a song in their heart, and they're actually going to play it. They're not going to they're not going to copy the world and and go out. And I was I was surprised. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> Other times it was pretty cheesy. I don't know if you experienced this. I know back in the uh, '80s, '90s, a little bit, um, showing my age. The um, I remember there was some genre pushback. Like I really liked some Christian metal, some Christian punk bands back in the day. And I remember having you know people that were important to me, authority figures, pastors, youth pastors, and they'd be like, "Why do you, why do you like this heavy metal?" You know, why do you why do you like this and not this? And then they had a bunch of books. I'm not going to mention the guy, but he made a bunch of books and it laid out in these books that here is what perversity is. According to the how the musical score was written, it was like, OK, the, I guess the beat menace or whatever yeah, the they're talking menace, about. It's yeah. going to make me go and, and fornicate and, and do all this stuff. And they would they would put out all this stuff and they'd say, well, here's what this guy says. And I remember even as a young person, I was like, well, I go in Psalms. I go, look, it's talking about like sea creatures doing all this crazy stuff and loud crashing cymbals and, and <laughs> lightning and thunder. I was like, that sounds a little more like heavy metal to me than 18th century bar music, <laughs> you know, and they just kind of looked at me and it was like all these like big books and smart people. But I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, the genre, genre war. Have you ever had pushback on the types of music that you put out of people not accepting it or not, uh, not understanding uh, it? I always get pushback. You got to understand. You have to understand, I'm, I'm a pastor that's sleeved out in tattoos, and I got a big bushy beard now. And <laughs> it's just one of those things where people stopped pushing me around a long time ago. <laughs> but but when I, when, I, when I was growing up, it was one of those things where I just stopped listening to it. I just kind of had the mindset that if you're going to push back on me, I mean, the religious institutions push back on Jesus. You know what I mean? And what, well, what did he do? He just kept doing it. He just kept going out and doing ministry and and kind of ignoring that or kind of putting them in their place. But, you know, you're talking about the Renaissance and the church being the epicenter. The problem is that that was the modern age, and we're living in the postmodern age, where the church is no longer the center of our community. And the problem is the church forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't even see that the world has gone past them. You know, that's why you walk into a lot of churches and it's still 1990. And uh, because they haven't caught up with, with, with what's going on. I'm, I'm not even talking about like progressive theology. I'm talking about just using what's around us to preach what's important in the Bible. You know, to, to preach salvation. Uh, and I think music, you know, music and uh, video projectors. And I was never a big a big into the worship war thing either. I seemed like I was on the forefront of that, but it was one of those things where why can't we use this music to reach people? You know, I, I was in a church, my first youth ministry I was in was a church of about 175 people. After nine years of me and being there, there was about 150 students showing up on Wednesday nights. And why? What did we do crazy? We put the worship music in their language. And, and I, I don't mean like play, playing YouTube songs or anything. Is I pulled out my guitar, and some of the kids got on the other instruments, and we worship God to the same songs that we were singing on Sunday mornings, just a little bit louder. 
See, and opponents well, opponents of that would say you were trying to worldify the church and dr- make the church more like the world, so kids would come in. But most likely, what you saw is kids yielding their passionate hearts towards the Lord. Is that? I mean, can you tell us about the fruit of what you saw in that? Well, the funny thing was, yeah, people would say that all the time, just about me and the way I live my life. But and I'm not trying to justify anything, but. Yeah, we, we may have loud music and rock music and whatnot, but what happened on our Wednesday nights was we had a worship band that played about 30 minutes of worship. I spoke for about 30 minutes, but then the students split up into small groups and discussed my message. Mm-hmm. And the result of that was mm. they went out and told their friends and brought their friends back then the next week. That's awesome. You know, to the point where the church had to buy had to buy a building across the street from the church's old grocery store because we were running out of room. That's Just beautiful. Kids on Wednesday night. I mean, essentially our worship service on Wednesday night was bigger than our Sunday morning service. Wow. Because all of a sudden parents start coming and we start baptizing families. I mean, it was, it was pretty incredible. Wow. You know, and the Bible colleges were reaching out to me and having students come out and some mentoring was happening and, and just things like that. And I'm not saying music did that, but I, I just think when you live when you live in the world, but you're not of the world, you're going to affect the world. Yeah, Especially absolutely. the world around you. Let's talk a little bit more about going against the stream and giving pushback to those that give pushback. One of the things that I really appreciate about Raven Faith Records is that you use a raven like we do. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about ravens. They're actually a very beautiful biblical creature. And my goodness, God created them too. Uh, A lot of people, when they think, you know, faith, Christianity, they're like, oh, doves. And we're like, no, ravens, ravens are cool. They're awesome. They're, you know, we, we love ravens. Uh, I would, I would love to have a pet raven if I could. I don't think Deb will allow me to do that at this point in time, though, my wife. But when the time does come, I, I would like to have a pet raven. Maybe in the, when I, New new heaven, new earth, I'll have a pet raven. <laughs> what does the raven symbolize with Raven Faith Records? Why is that the the mascot? And I like your raven because it's got a, a nose piercing and a mohawk, and I think that's really, really well, it's cool. it got a neck tattoo on there if you look for it. Oh, okay, I'll have to go back and take a look at that. So, <laughs> so, so uh, tell us about uh, your raven. Well, I think when Jake started it, I mean, just the raven is the whole idea. The raven have, a, like our original logo had a, a raven with a nose ring, and a and a mohawk. I just think it was the idea that ravens have a misrepresentation in the world. You know, I mean, you think of all the like the occult that, that used the bird because it's dark and it's mysterious, and and really in the Bible, it's a symbol of faith. You yes. Know? The first the first bird that that was mentioned wasn't that a raven when Noah sent a raven yes. out yes. for land, and of course the raven had the punk rock attitude and didn't come back so, <laughs> but it's just it's just an idea that that you know there's a big misconception about about what music and what rock, even rock and roll can can do yes you know and we need to to redeem that idea big black mysterious i mean what else did the raven do in scripture it it fed elijah right or elisha yes and then like the the whole tattoo thing on the on the bird, that's that's from Luke. And it's the reference where it talks about consider the ravens. 
Oh yes, oh, okay. yes, yes. As a matter of fact, that's twelve twenty-four. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the few birds that Jesus actually he talks about the sparrows and he talks about the ravens. Considering yeah, the ravens, said, yeah. Consider the ravens. You know, God takes care of them, and they don't have to worry about it. How more valuable are you? Absolutely. You know? and, and really, that's the truth. I mean, God takes care of this big bird that you wouldn't think needs to be taken care of, but He does, and He takes care of us. We, we need to be obedient and we need to be faithful, you know. And if the raven needs to be our to be our symbol, I mean, I think that's pretty cool. And when I took over, I had one of the one of the guys in I am the Pendragon. They have he's he's a great artist. He drew that like in thirty minutes. Really? Wow! Yeah, it's just a it's just a throwback to our punk rock roots with the with the the, the feathers that are kind of put as a fist and wearing the leather jacket. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's just to me, it just really resounds and resonates within me because when we started this whole thing, I was working on a book and this is where God really helped me understand what the Raven is. I was looking at John the Baptist and I was looking at the where Jesus even talks about the stones crying out. And I took a look at what it meant to cry in John the Baptist case and as well as the stones crying out. And the Greek word for that is krazo, and it means to cry or screech like a raven. And I was like, wow. And then I was thinking, God took me back, and I really was digging deep into Scripture in this because I I wanted to make sure I wasn't making it up or just trying to apply Scripture to what I thought it should be. I spent time wrestling with this, and sure enough, it it took me to the guttural growls that you hear in a lot of death metal, uh, a lot of the things that you hear in punk rock, and a lot of the imagery that you see in, in a lot of your secular and i don't like to use that word too much but you know the secular bands where they have the raven and it's like wow they don't even understand what they're doing or what they're talking about and wouldn't it you know the raven is such a wonderful bird and it demonstrates so much about god and faithfulness and the prophetic it does not surprise me that satan has tried to steal that bird like he's stolen punk rock and and heavy metal and use it for something that it's not to to point to him, which is not the case. It points to God. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So let's say I was an artist and I wanted to link up with Raven Faith Records. What kind of services do you provide artists that come to you? Well, we uh, we offer, I mean, the label's interesting because we don't keep any of the rights of any of the music. So when a, when a band comes to us, they keep all their music and they get to bring the, the idea or the sound that God has given them. And uh, we don't run a studio or anything like that. They're welcome to record anywhere they like. And, but they bring us the music, and we do distribution like any other record label. We send out not only to uh, Christian, but we send out to the world, too. We'll, I have about 500 radio stations that I submit to. Some probably laugh at us, and some play us. I mean, like Aaron, uh, we, we put out Found, and it was being played on secular radio stations. And I was, it was funny because guys were emailing me back saying, this song is, and they'd be swearing, you know, this song is up and awesome and things <laughs> like that. And I, I tell Aaron that he would just laugh, you know, and, <laughs> but, but it's just one of those things. But then we'd also get responses like, you know, hail Satan and they were making fun of us. Oh, well, you know what I mean? But really we do distribution. We, we do mentoring. We do management. We can help with merch. 
the biggest thing we do is we come alongside, and I really mean that, we come alongside, we help bands take the next step, whatever that is. So my role in their ministry at the beginning is like getting them organized, getting their Facebook so, or their social media is set up right so the radio will play their stuff. And so people like club owners know, I know what club owners are looking for. They can, we can set that up and make sure their Facebook is doing those things. And Instagram is the new language of the, of this generation. And so you have to have that too and how to post all that, how not to overpost, just things like that, you know. And we, so we just come alongside and some bands need encouragement. Some bands need actual management. Some, some bands need press kits made for them. So we kind of help with booking in that aspect. We kind of track where all of our bands are playing and we keep a list. So if bands do go out, I can just send them a list and send them a press kit. And I'll even write an email for them, but I just kind of make them send it. We just kind of work together like that and kind of do the stuff that they really don't have time for or they don't want to do that needs to be done so everybody's a little bit different that comes but the band comes in i mean all they got to do is send me an email i then get that on ravenfaithrecords.com uh, send me an email and i'm pretty good at checking all that and then i like to have a conversation a few times and get to know bands and get to know their hearts yeah what are the characteristics that you're looking for in bands that you sign now that's funny because I like boldness because <laughs> that's kind of like me. But I also, it's just the lyrics of their songs. I, I can tell what, what they're about. And when people talk to you, you can kind of just feel the spirit in their life. And I, I never thought I was going to be one of those, those emotional, feely kind of guys. But, but I, I just listen and, and then I pray, you know. And if they're coming in, because I got everything from punk rock to worship. Those people are very different. <laughs> and they are, yes, <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, I, I got a guy out in Pennsylvania who kind of writes singer-songwriter stuff with a Motown vibe, and he had some scat in his last song, and I was just like, oh my goodness, this kid's 24 and doesn't even know how good he is. You know? and, <laughs> and, then you, and, then you got, and then you got the band like As We Are, and they're just on the road all the time, grinding away, you know, and, and just doing what they can, and they carry a, like, they they live in a motor home pretty much and they, they carry that thing full of food to give to the homeless. You know, it's things like that that people don't know about that I kind of learn about in that interview process that it just blows me away because they don't have to do stuff like that. You know, they can just be out trying to make money and just put gas in their car, but they're not. They care more about the person that's struggling, even if they're struggling. Everybody, like I said, is a little bit different. But the characteristics are, you know, you have to you have to be a Christian, obviously, and you have to love Jesus. You're, you're going to see that in somebody that has that worldview. I'll start rambling here. Oh no! And and one of the things that Dan and I have discussed on this podcast quite often is that God's spirit is God's spirit, and it transcends genres. It, you can't put it in a you can't put the spirit of God in a genre box. You can't say, well, uh, the spirit only inspires and moves when you sing certain praise songs or we can't even say that God only uses metal or punk or anything like that. He uses all of it because all of it, because he's the creator, it belongs to him. Yeah. Play a whale. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you sign any whales if they came to you? 
<laughs> that is really, really neat. So you've got everything, not the whales. Sign the sea creatures. The, the sea creatures. Yes. Hey, that could be our oh, new yeah. band. Yeah, yeah. The sea creatures. Glenn, Dan, and Glenn, Dan and Glenn and the sea creatures. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there Probably we go. A great band from the fifties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what do they, what do they need to do? What does an artist need to do to start working with you? Because we have a lot of artists that listen to the podcast. What is the first step they need to take to get in contact with you? Well, they can contact us on Facebook. Uh, they'll actually, it's kind of funny because if they send the label a message, it'll kick back a response automatically and it tells them exactly what they need to do to submit music to me. Uh, if they submit on our website, there's a contact button on ravenfaithrecords.com that they can touch or click or whatever. And then uh, they can just send me a message and I'll get right back to them and tell them what they kind of need to do. And we we'll just kind of go from there. You know, I'll call and talk to them. I'll, I'll actually I'll probably send them a, a list of questions to answer. It's, it's funny because the bands that don't answer those questions, I usually don't work with. <laughs> it's like, Hey, you know, there's gotta be, you gotta have a filter. You, yeah. you really do. You really do because you have a, very specific calling your ministry raven faith records we believe is really being used of the lord to touch people's lives it's ministered to us over here and you want to make sure that you're laboring with people it's an equal yoking is basically what you're looking for what i gather well exactly and it's people that are that first are talented you know what i mean god's given their ability they've realized that ability and they're using it and not only using it but they're improving it because they're sharpening that sword, if you will. And they kind of understand that, but they also have that humble spirit where they want to not, not only sing in front of people, but they're the people at the merch table all the time talking to others and, and getting to know the other bands and, and serving the, the waitresses and the bartenders and uh, the pastors of the churches and things like that, you know. And uh, you can always tell that by, I just send out general questions Hey, fill these out, get them back to me. And there's a lot that just won't fill it out. And usually the ones that won't fill it out, I have what I call a, a two-listen rule. If I can't listen to their music twice through, it's probably I'm probably not going to put them on the label. <laughs> I mean, mm. my, my wife calls me a music snob. But I, I, I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything by any means, but I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of, of talent and character. And... I always ask God to give me that gift of discernment. Yes. But yes. But at the, at the end of the day, it's like, if it's bad music, it's bad music, both secular and Christian. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you can have bad <laughs> music bomb, on both bomb. sides. Well, the discernment factor, when you were saying that, I was like, he is discerning. And God's used music in my life to help me sharpen the gift of discernment by listening to what the i mean most people don't listen to the lyrics to songs anyway they just kind of it just goes in one ear out the other and i think it's like 80 percent of people don't listen to the lyrics they really don't or they don't understand the lyrics uh, uh they don't take the time but what i like to do is i like to listen to the lyrics both of secular and christian music to hear what the heart is and a lot of times it'll lead me to prayer for that particular individual uh, and what they're singing because you can hear a real heart cry or in discerning what they're saying, it encouraged me, encourages me in my walk in the Lord, and I just want I want to worship more, and I learn something from it. So listening is not just a passive activity for me; it's a, actually an active activity. You are very 
lyrical. You get into to lyrics. I've noticed a lot. I do with stuff that moves me. If it doesn't necessarily move me or if it's just kind of like enjoyable, like, you know, music that's just like I'm just chilling out, listen to it. It's not some big deal. I'm the guy that cannot remember the lyrics at all. My daughters mock me all the time because I'm making, I'm trying to sing along with it and I'm like, oh, and I'm making up something. And they're like, that's not what it says. I was like, well, I thought it said San Francisco. You know, and they're like, no, it was a bucket of Crisco. And I'm, I'm, I messed it up. But uh, yeah, if it's good it's music. I'm the guy that, I'm the guy that gets a, I, I still buy records. So. I, I get the record, I open the plastic, I smell it, I, I look at all the liner notes, I put the record on. Oh, yeah. And usually my wife and daughter aren't home, and I just sit and listen. So Old school. The there you go. The that's, yeah. that's what I do, and I listen to it like three or four times. Yep. And yep. I'm looking at the liner notes, and I'm looking at the artwork, and I'm listening to the words, and there's some stuff, like some of this popular stuff, I'm not going to mention any names, but everybody's talking about this great worship album or whatever, and I'm listening to it, and it's like, are you guys even listening to these words? You know, and then I realized, well, the church is singing all these popular, like, songs that CCM, but they're not even worship songs. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, like, songs about death, like, grandparents going to heaven, or songs about, yeah, it's just crazy. And it's like, why are we singing these in church? And, I mean, I hang records on my wall. That's how, I'm blessed with a great wife that, <laughs> so from what i'm gathering from you 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 are a connoisseur of vinyl yes okay yes. okay nice. there we go love it there we go vinyl is what reignited my love with a lot of music because just the sound that you get uh, we're looking across here at my vinyl setup that i've got right now and dan actually helped me set it up with the preamp that we've got and the speakers that are hooked up to it but you, I feel more of the music from the analog vinyl than I digital just kind of leaves me dry. It, it misses, it lacks mid bass slam <laughs> and it lacks <laughs> certain natural timbres of, of what's going on. But that mid bass, like especially with rock, yes. there's something about, y'all know what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly when what you're you talking about. When you listen to, uh, I, I, you know, a secular album, my daughter's really like one of the Who uh, live concerts from the early 70s. I can't remember which one it was live at Leeds and um, we were playing it. And when you play that on vinyl versus a digital source, it's just so different. It's a different experience. But. And I like the sound of a pop and snap every once in a while too. Uh, yeah. There's just yeah. something about that. It makes yeah. you think oh. of cereal and cartoons. And things. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Vinyl. <laughs> yep. Vinyl. Oh, yeah. Kelly, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners or potential artists? Let's see. I just want to say that music, I, if they're out there and they're doing their thing and they want to stay independent, I totally support that. They can still contact us. And uh, if nothing else, just to get to know each other and kind of join our network. We have a huge network. And in our network, there's artists and there's like graphic artists and uh, there's recording uh, studios and people that master stuff and thing all, all the way through. So, I mean, contact us anyway and let me get to know you and send me your music and let, let me listen to it and we'll critique it if you want to listen to me. You know, if you don't, that's fine too. I will still be friends at the end of the day, but if you want some help with, with, with your career or with your thing and you're just kind of stuck and you feel like you're spinning your wheels, contact us, you know, and we'll, 
we'll see if you really are spinning your wheels. And if you have the question, ask me a question. I mean, I don't mind if I offend people, <laughs> you know, if I, if I don't think you're doing the right thing. Because, like, most bands that are kind of spinning their wheels, if you listen to their album, they're like 10 genres in one. You know, and it's like, you guys need to focus. Are you going to be a metal band? Are you going to be a country band? What are you going to be? You know, uh, make make a decision and pray about it and allow God to focus that ministry and go out and reach that subculture. None of it's wrong. There's no wrong answer to that, you know. But yeah. if, if, if you're not, continue to spin your wheels and God will use that too. But just don't expect to pay your bills, you know. Because that's the one thing about being a successful band is it's not about... It's not about being Skillet or any of those big, huge bands. It's about paying your bills at the end of the day. You know, I'm working. I have a band. Uh, it's actually a, a folk duo, the McCabe's. They've been doing music for, all, geez, almost 30 years full time. They they don't have any big dub awards or anything, but you listen to their music. They, they've been through the decades, you know, and uh they're reaching people for Christ. Yeah, I just I just listened to some of their stuff the other day, and they are going to be somebody we're going to be bringing on to the podcast oh, in the near future. They are Absolutely. a blessing. What a do! I mean, wow. Well, as far as focusing on genre, I think that Dan and Glenn and the Sea Creatures, we ought to go polka. I really feel that. <laughs> I feel a confirmation with, with, with a with a strong tuba bass line yeah. in it. Yeah, there we go. Back. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Wait till wait till you hear the McCabe's new album. Okay. I'm working on this new thing, and they shared with me some of the music. They got a song uh, about Narnia that Ooh. is just, Ooh. just insane how good it is. Okay, this interview is going to be sooner than later with them. Okay, <laughs> yes. Yeah. you got to understand, I mean, they're a little bit older, and Terry still rocks a great mohawk. He does. I saw so, that in the picture, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're great, you know, but I mean, like even like I Am the Pendragon, that sounds like a weird name, and and he wears a mask and stuff. But his whole album tells a story. It's like a concept album. Yes. And yes. I don't know if you, you've checked those guys I've out. I've checked them out too, yes. Mm -hmm. Man, when, when they play live, they're actually local here where I'm at. And when they play live, he connects with the audience. And okay, I've I, I seen him go to a youth group that rather listen to, <laughs> they'd rather listen to country music. And he has them singing songs that they'd never even heard before and it's just amazing how he can work and his he gets up there and talks about suicide and wow. i mean the castle of lost hope is the name of their their current release and that's actually the second album in the, in the story but it's just amazing what what he does you know and it's cool to see <laughs> it's cool to be a part of but it's awesome i mean god's god's using them and they're allowing god to, to use them and sometimes it's just stepping back and allowing God to use you and quit fighting it. You know, that's a good word. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a good let word. Take you where you got to go. You know, let, let the spirit do what they're going to do. And like, geez, I play in a pretty much a Christian oi band and uh, we play mainly secular shows. And we've, I mean, we just played with the swinging utters not too long ago. If you know that California band legends and they come through omaha and we got a chance to open up for them and we're up there doing our thing <laughs> you know and, and then we're sitting in the back at the merch table talking to them that's where ministry happens. that's where it's at yep that's it that's it right you there know? it's but touching people's lives touch people's lives you know so i go i guess the last thing uh worship you know you're talking about punk rock and whatnot some of the best worship 
services I've been into is like a living sacrifice concert. Or back in the day, Officer Negative saw it in the cornerstone. He's up there just preaching. We were at church. You know what I mean? It was like all these punks are in there, and they got their hands in the air, and they're singing the songs, and they're there for one purpose, not not to see the band, but to worship together. Wow. And uh, it's just amazing to, to talk to those guys and, and see what's going on. And So I guess at the end of the day, do what you're going to do, but do it for the glory of God. We just went and saw a bunch of hip-hop guys this weekend. <laughs> it was in, down in Topeka, Kansas, in North Topeka, which is probably kind of scary at night. And they were they were doing a, a movement of put your guns down, pick your Bibles up. And we saw we saw different hip-hop guys, and they were all had the same message, and they were all there for one purpose, you know, and that was for the glory of God. And it was pretty interesting. So we might have some hip-hop coming on here eventually. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that is great. Kelly, thank you so much for yeah, being man. on with us. Yeah. If anybody wants to reach out to you, where can they reach out to you again? Uh, you can uh, Facebook, Raven Faith Records. You can reach out to us on the website. RavenFaithRecords.com. We're on Instagram, RavenFaithRecords, and we're on Twitter too. So, uh, not too hard to get a hold of me. So, please reach out. Uh, let's work together. Let's talk. Uh, things like that. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you very yeah, much. It was, great, it was great talking to you guys. Yeah. Glenn and Dan and the Sea Creatures. We were actually rejected for Raven Faith records and we're gonna go with dodo bird <laughs> dodo, uh, bird. dodo bird records dodo bird it's, records it's, there, dodo there bird. we go nice. well for any of our listeners that want to reach out to dan and i you can reach us at lithos cry l-i-t-h-o-s-c-r-y at gmail.com check out our website at lithos again we've got kelly turney from raven faith records with us on the podcast today and if you're a uh, rising artist or if you need help and you really your heart is to minister the gospel through your music this is the guy to get in touch with um, there's great things going on over there kelly thank you and for our listeners rock on and peace out yep thank you lithoscry.com <laughs> <laughs>